Welcome to Move the District, where you can find the best ways to stay healthy, stay moving, and stay informed in Washington, D.C. Now, more than ever, we have a wealth of information and opportunities to live the high-performance, pain-free life that we want. My name is Dr. Mike Yasson, and my goal is to show you the backstories behind the individuals and businesses that provide these opportunities for everyone, no matter who you are. Now, let's move. Move the District is sponsored by Big Leap Performance and Rehab. At Big Leap Performance and Rehab, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active during the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better. Head to BigLeapPerformanceAndRehab.com to see how we can help you stay active for life. All right, welcome back to episode 35 of Move the District. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Yassen. Thanks for tuning in. And if you have not done so already, please, whatever platform you're listening on, please, please, please subscribe. And while you're at it, leave a message or or a review, not a message, but I mean, you can send a message too, but leave a review, five-star review, please. We would appreciate it. Uh, today, we got a great episode for you. Uh, our guest today, she is the founder of Booze Free in DC, a website to showcase sober friendly restaurants, bars, wellness activities, and events. Please welcome Laura Silverman. Laura, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, Mike. Hello, everyone. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited. You, uh, you, you were someone that uh, was, was pretty highly recommend it. So now you got some big shoes to fill. I'm not going to lie. Nice. Okay. Well, I wear a size nine. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, so let's get into it here. Give us a little bit of your background and, and, you know, your motivation for starting, um, you know, Boost Free in DC. Sure. So it's, I always say to make a long story shorter, but it's still going to be a little bit long. Um, the condensed version of what got me into this sort of field. Um, I was a binge drinker in college. Before college, I didn't drink at all. And I judged you if you did drink. Once I became a binge drinker, I judged you if you didn't drink. Um, But just to kind of parse everything down, I was dealing with a lot of mental health issues and self-medicating, not knowing it at the time. But I had anxiety, I had panic disorder, I had OCD. A lot of that still continues now. It's just managed. Uh, better. Um, But I I drank to numb all of that. And um, it got progressively worse in a very short amount of time. I only drank for six years. But from starting at age 18 until quitting at age 24, I got into um, a lot of negative consequences and um, ended up getting hospitalized for alcohol poisoning twice in a year and a half. And I just realized my life was kind of going down the drain. Um, I was hurting myself. I was hurting my family and my friends. And so um, I didn't think I was going to quit for the rest of my life. And for people who have been in similar situations and have been in my shoes, they'll know when, when I say, like, I used to say, I'm never drinking again. And I, I actually meant it, but I never really, really meant it until the last time I said that I said, I'm never drinking again. And for some reason I decided to actually take action. Wow. 
And then from there in 2007, I, I um, found a program through my health insurance. Uh, it was a just a bare bones intensive outpatient program, IOP. And I did that. I was in my first job out of college. I mean, I was completely out of my element, but um, it was a five week program and um, I would just leave work early three days a week for five weeks and go to this program. And it really kind of laid the groundwork for me. And um, I started to really enjoy not having alcohol as a crutch. Um, and I didn't have hangovers and that was wonderful, but being in my mid twenties, really early to mid twenties without alcohol and socializing was so difficult. Um, I've been in the DC area since 2005. So I would say that it's my adopted hometown. Um, my father, originally, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know because my father was a U.S. diplomat. So I grew up overseas, Egypt, Nicaragua, Peru, El Salvador, and the States. So I speak Spanish pretty fluently, a little bit of Arabic, the the Egyptian dialect of Arabic, but uh, I never really had a hometown. And so um, having been in the D.C. area for almost 16 years now, I would say that it's it's my hometown now. But um, yeah, I just I started to not like having alcohol as sort of the thing that I was most accustomed to. Um, but it was still very difficult to socialize, to do anything, honestly, really without alcohol. And, um, and, you know, Booze Free in DC only started about a year ago. So I had been in the sobriety space and, and sober myself for what, I mean, 12 years or 11 and some change years before I started this thing. I'm well, no 12, cause I'm going on 14 in the summer, wow. uh, which is crazy. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. I don't feel that old, but. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. wh- while you were, you know, you know, going through that process, what, um, I mean, like you said, you know, alcohol was, you know, it's hard to interact in the, you know, you know, with, with other people in your mid twenties, late twenties, as you know, as a sober person, what, um, what, what did you do to, you know, to, to deal with this? Yeah. Well, I didn't go out as much as I used to, <laughs> which, um, which was what I had to do. And frankly, back, back in those days, there were no sober bars. There were no zero proof menus. There were no real options, even at the store besides soda. And, um, if you went to a place and asked for a diet Coke or like, you would have to almost like use an excuse. Like I'm, you know, the designated driver tonight, or, um, you have a medical issue. Like no one wants to know your life story. So you don't say like, I'm in recovery. I guess I you know, like they don't care, but, um, I did find that, um, as I got more comfortable in my sobriety, I, I started to let go of a lot of quote unquote friends that were really drinking friends and more maybe toxic influences on my life. Um, But I was, I was definitely holding up a mirror to people and they saw things in themselves that maybe they weren't ready to address yet. Um, And so the more I got comfortable with my sobriety, the more it highlighted to some people that I um, was quote unquote friends with um, that they, you know, that you just weren't into, but um, things have changed so (laughs) drastically. And I mean, let's talk about what, what it's like now, because right. I mean, what did I do in the beginning? Not a whole lot. And then um, 
I, I had some close friends that I um, would spend time with and they were really supportive of my sobriety. And um, right. But really, it's only been the past couple of years that I've seen real change in the hospitality industry um, and in stores, uh, the craft beverage industry. I mean, there's like tons of craft NA beers and wines. Big and- time. What, what do you think has spawned that? What do you think is like create? Like, where does that come from? Um, different things that have been kind of going on at the same time. And I am not an economist. So I, I you know, I'm not a doctor like you. <laughs> I did stay at a holiday and express once. <laughs> um, and people of, of my generation will understand that, that little joke, but I got the joke. Don't worry. Thank you. <laughs> um, a couple of things. One is that, um, the, the millennial generation, especially the younger millennial generation, they're drinking less. Um, I think they're more into wellness, more into Mm -hmm. holistic sort of quote unquote woo stuff. Um, there, there have been a couple of, uh, really prominent authors that have talked about sober curiosity. Uh, Ruby Warrington is a prime example. She has a book called sober curious and she didn't make up the concept, but she coined the term sober curious, which is really, uh, a place sort of a conceptual place that people can be in to just kind of explore their relationship with alcohol. If it's serving them, if it's not, they can, you know, be an observer of their own life. And, um, you know, not everyone who decides to quit drinking, uh, has a problem with alcohol. Like, you know, there, there's a wide sobriety spectrum. Um, but there's just, I think there's just been a lot. And then with, uh, with the, the drink industry, the food and beverage and, um, losing my train of thought. I hope you'll be able to edit this. Cause I'm <laughs> no, you're doing, you're doing good, but I think, I think you're onto something in terms of like the, 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 I think the food and beverage industry, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's known for not being a very healthy industry. Yeah. I mean, it, it has that sort of reputation, but there's been so much that's changed and what exactly sparked that? I'm not, I'm not sure, but, right. um, you know, even just locally, since, you know, this is a, the local podcast, sure. um, you know, we have to talk about Derek Brown, for instance, of the Columbia Room and Drink sure. Company, because he's done so much to move the needle forward locally um, in the zero proof booze free realm. He is uh, what he coins a mindful drinker. So he still does drink alcohol, but really not that much anymore. And yeah. um, He's coming out with a book early next year called Mindful Mixology, and huh. it's going to focus on um, a lot, if if most zero proof drinks. Um, but he's just done so much to to elevate the conversation, and um, yeah, I'm not I'm not exactly sure what it is that happened in the beverage industry, but really in the past like two years, it's just exploded. And there are so many options for people who are either not drinking for the night or not drinking for the rest of their life or somewhere in between. Right. Yeah. I think, um, and you start to see brands like, um, like athletic brewing and, uh, Mm -hmm. and some of those other ones start to, you know, come to the forefront and, and get like a real, like share of the market too. They're not just like these little like niche kind of things, but there's, there's, you know, starting to, to, actually grow and, and be these national brands, which I think is, is really interesting. And uh, I, I think you're right with like the, the idea that, you know, younger people tend to be more focused on, on their health and on wellness. 
And it's kind of like this, the saying that we, we use here, uh, health is the new wealth. Actually, probably not our, it's not our saying, but it's a saying that I think is out there. Health is the new wealth. I think people yeah. are more concerned with, you know, having living, like being healthy than they are with, you know, material possessions. You know, I think people value experiences more than they did 20, 30 years ago, where it was who has the nicest car, who can get the biggest house, who can get the highest paying right. job. And now I think people are more focused on, Hey, like, I want to be able to, you know, run. I want to be able to, you know, travel with my friends. I want to be able to do all these things and I want to live a long life. And, yeah. and yeah, I think as travel a, again, <laughs> yeah, one, of, one of these days we'll be able but to travel again. These, yeah. One but absolutely experiences and, um, and just the intangible parts of life. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Money helps. Money helps. Uh, you can't you can't have these experiences without money, but money right. for the sake of money alone uh, does seem to be less of a focus for for folks. And it's more about, again, the intangibles of life, like experiences and friendships and self-love and, <clears throat> and all of that stuff. And, you know, I was thinking as someone who has had spent their childhood overseas um, as someone who enjoys traveling um, in pre-COVID days. Uh -huh. uh, when I would go places, I would, you know, I would either check blog. If I'd never been to a place before, I would, I would check blogs. Sometimes I like to go to a bookshop and, um, you know, grab a travel guidebook and just kind of page through and see, you know, what there is to do in a place. And, if I was spending any kind of significant length of time somewhere, and for me, that means like a week um, or more, uh -huh. I would actually buy a guidebook, um, sort of like a pocket guide, something that I could have with me. And so sure. I was thinking, I was going through all these uh, travel guidebooks and a lot of them have this heavy focus on alcohol, heavy focus on booze culture, yeah. uh, bars and distilleries and wineries. Oh, I'm, I'm super guilty of that. I want to know where the, where the cool bars are. I want to know, you know, where the distilleries are. Yeah. I'm, I'm hundred percent guilty of that. Like where, yeah, you know, that's where... okay. like I'm not, I'm not here to shame people for right. wanting to know that, but there was never a focus on where you can find non-alcoholic beverages, um, where you can socialize in a place that um, has both full proof and zero proof options. Um, and there's not a huge focus on wellness, like nature retreats or, or yoga studios or whatever, when you look at a typical travel guidebook. So I was thinking DC is sort of my, my hometown now. Uh, is there anything in DC that's like that? And there wasn't. Uh -huh. and so I, I, I wanted to put together a book and, um, a mentor friend of mine said, that's a great idea, but why don't you just start with a website? You can get a proof of concept going and, and just get that going. And um, I was working toward the book concept when COVID hit and obviously travel is so up in the air right now. So I decided right. that my focus would be exploring uh, the DC area from a wellness perspective from home right. or from like a socially distant physically distant perspective, not socially, but physically. Um, and then a lot of, you know, virtual events and, and virtual things going on. Right, um, right, right. What, yeah. what, um, what virtual events have you, have you put together? Well, most recently I've been involved with district fray magazine, um, cool. and, uh, helped them put together their first dry January guide, uh, which is on the website right now, districtfray.com. 
Um, and last night was the first uh, mixology event, uh, but there's going to be another mixology event. I don't know when this episode will come out, but the next mixology event is on the 27th okay. of January. Um, and that will feature liars, um, non-alcoholic spirits, which is this, this huge, like, um, liars as in L Y R E S not L I A R. <laughs> um, and I mean, they have just about any, anything you would need for a back bar, but it's all non-alcoholic, um, element shrub is local uh-huh. and they're going to be featured as well. Their products. And I cool. think do something with athletic brewing as well. Um, so that that is on the 27th. So some mixology events. I did a Cinco de Mayo uh, virtual happy hour almost not almost a year ago. But it's crazy. Yeah. To think about like yeah. we've been doing these virtual things for almost a year now. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I've and then I put together this massive like holiday gift guide, but I haven't been doing a ton of events because they just they take up a lot of mental bandwidth and um, yep. they don't pay very well. <laughs> um yeah. So, so. Is, so is the is the plan then to eventually put out a book now going forward, or or do you think yes. you'll stay more of the virtual stuff? Well, both. So I would love to put out a book, but I I need to think of how to do it. I mean, eventually this pandemic will be behind us, but when? <laughs> when? Right. And also, right, right. Um, you know, things are just going to forever sort of be different and changed, and so I'm not really sure about the book just yet but i think um i think the website has a lot of potential to continue um and and events too so um you know as things as the weather eventually will get warmer um we'll be able to do small groups in in person if people are comfortable or we can do you know bigger events online but I don't really know. I just know that I want to continue being a resource for people who are interested in a zero proof booze free lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, I also run an Instagram called zero proof nation, which is more nationally highlights um, sort of the stories behind non-alcoholic beverages and then other people in the space that are doing cool things and, and what their favorite beverages are so that um, you know, we can create authentic community around a zero proof lifestyle and then just showcase as many options for people as possible. Um, nice. That's awesome. What, um, what are some of your favorite non-alcoholic, uh, beverages? Oh my gosh. I have so many. I don't even know. <laughs> give me your top, like, give me your top, top three. I don't, have top kids, three. I don't have kids, but I imagine it's like choosing a favorite child. I have this like massive booze-free bar cart. Um, at home. Okay. Um, oh, I saw that I on have, your Instagram. Yeah. I have several favorites, but um, I'd give a shout out to Liars, non-alcoholic okay. spirits. Um, they have a lot of amazing options uh, to really create some cool um, zero proof cocktails. Uh, Element Shrub, I mentioned before, they're local. Yep. Um, have you heard of what shrubs are? Do you know what a shrub is? No, I don't. Please. Okay. Well, let me educate you. <laughs> it's an apple cider vinegar and fruit concoction oh. that's distilled down to almost like a syrup and you okay. mix it in to seltzer or you can get really creative with it. But I'm actually not a mixologist, so I primarily just put it in seltzer water. Um, <clears throat> but it's a... It's got prebiotics. Apple cider vinegar is is uh, very good for your gut health. Um, yep. 
And there are a couple other local um, beverages that are really doing great things. As a matter of fact, I have it all on my website, so I'm not going to I'm not going to say all of it because I want people to come visit. But um, one that one that I like is uh, is Tsunomi. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah Nikki, Nikki, Nikki Blank, she's a, a fellow Lululemon ambassador with me here at the, the Lululemon at the yards. And uh, and so I got introduced uh, to Tsunomi through her. And I love it. I think it's great. It's, um, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's like pretty like unique, uh, tasting. And, and yeah. uh, I think, she, I think the way she described it to me was nature's Gatorade, um, yeah, which I thought uh... <laughs> was pretty funny. Uh, and it's tasty. And I, you know, we, you know, we'll drink it. I, I see it at, um, whole foods, a couple like Glenn's, uh, garden market. And, and, uh, you know, whenever I see it, I try to try to grab it and have one cause yeah. they're, uh, they're pretty good. So and it's got a bite. If people that's you know, the like, people, yeah, when you quit drinking, um, they miss having something that has like a bite to it, and yep. it's got that again. There's there's apple cider vinegar with that. There's like ginger molasses. It's um, colonial people <laughs> used to drink it as sort of their Gatorade. Right, um, right. Yeah, yeah, she said it was like a like a hangover cure back in the day. Well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Nikki's great. And then there's another one called mocktail club. Um, a new drink just launched recently called Nope, like N O P E. Nope. Um, Nope. And, uh, there's a bunch of kombuchas in the city and sparkling waters. I mean, there's just, there's a lot. And then in terms of beer, I never really used to be a beer drinker, but I've gotten into athletic brewing, well-being brewing. They have this great coffee cream stout and I, I'm into stouts more than I am into like IPAs. Um, And there's some, there's some good wines out there too. I was a huge wino. um, So I was very hesitant to try any kind of non-alcoholic wine for a long long time, but Uh um, yeah, I mean, I can, I can give people loads and loads of options. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, so it's January. Yep. AKA dry January. AKA dry January. Yep. Now, what are your, what are your thoughts? I feel like I get, I get both sides of the bag here with dry January. Are you, are you in favor of it? Are you against it? Do you have to do it for the right reasons? What are your thoughts? I am pro dry January. I can't even talk pro dry January. Uh, any reason that will get people to sort of take a look at their, their own drinking habits uh, to sort of spark some, health and wellness in them. The only caveat caveat um, that I will give for, for dry January being potentially quote unquote dangerous is that for people to use it as an excuse to have a, like a one month detox and then go right back into crazy amounts of binge drinking the moment right. that dry January is over. I don't think that's the purpose of it. The purpose isn't to just like quit for a month and then go hard again the purpose is to revisit your relationship with alcohol and it's, it's not to quit forever for most people, right. but it's to get a handle on things, to think about the reasons that you do drink. If, if you can drink responsibly, and I do truly mean responsibly, <laughs> have like a glass of wine with dinner or a beer when you're at a sporting event. Um, and I will say like alcohol is a toxin. So it is a drug, no matter yes. how you, no matter it's how still you a drug. Drink, Absolutely. it really is, but um, so is caffeine and I'm guilty of, you know, loving my coffee. Super, um, super guilty. Alcohol is more dangerous than caffeine, but again, it's, 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 it's a spectrum. So 
if you're going to use dry January as an excuse to just lay off the sauce for a month and they go hard into your drinking habits again, I think that that is potentially dangerous, but I'm uh, for any other reason I'm, I'm pro what, you know, why not? And it gets more people to try fun beverages and just normalize not drinking. You don't have to not drink for the rest of your life, but just like one day we'll be able to go to a bar and I can ask a bartender for a drink if it's on the menu or if it's not on the menu and no one's going to look at me funny and people right. aren't going to be like, what's in your glass? Like, does it have booze in it? Like, they're not going to care. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's really more about equality mm-hmm. and, um, you know, equity in the, in the beverage space and in the social space. Um, who, who do you think would be a good fit to do, to, to do a dry January? What kind of person would you say is a, is a good candidate for that? Anyone, honestly, anyone. Um, and I think people think, so people might think that, oh man, well, I drank on Saturday. I guess I'm just going to, whatever. Like, I'm not going to, can we swear on this? I don't know. Oh, please. Fuck. Really? Yeah. Say, 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 Kurt, say all the- and, you know, not, you know, and just like completely throw the whole thing away. But um, it's not about like counting days. It's about, okay, well, maybe I drank on Saturday, but I can, I can go back to, I can go back to it on Sunday. And, um, I think really anyone could do it, um, for people who might not drink that much to begin with, it might not cross their mind to do a dry January cause they already don't drink much. Right. But, um, it, it's for someone who might be questioning their relationship with alcohol. It's for someone who might drink a lot and, uh, wants a liver detox, but not to use that month as an excuse to just, you know, go right back to it afterward. I think it, it's really for anyone and it doesn't just have to be in January. I mean, I think, be any reason, month. I think the reason why it's so popular in January is because it's like right after the holidays where people go crazy. Oh yeah. And, um, you can, you can reset your relationship with alcohol any month of the year, any day of the year. Um, and, and I think it's a, I think there are certain candidates that I would not recommend trying it. And that's someone who actually needs medical detox um, because detoxing from alcohol, if you're truly physiologically addicted to it is so dangerous that it can cause death. And I'm not exaggerating. Um, So So that's a little different though. Yeah, that's different. That's not your typical dry January participant. Um, But yeah, I would say maybe someone who just like, did it up in the holidays, wants to take a break. And maybe, maybe while they do that, they can discover some cool non-alcoholic options and just kind of be a little healthier. Right. Yeah. And I I think it's, I mean, I think it's tough to do, to go from, you know, like to just cut it out completely um, to, to go from, you know, I don't know, you know, it depends on like the level of your, of like how much you are drinking, but to then go to, you know, not drinking at all. And I I imagine that's gotta be a tough, like, you know, you flip the switch then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, I'm not going to drink at all. Um, what, what goes into that? You mean just for January or in general, like for the rest of someone's life kind of thing? No, for like, for like January. Cause I think like going from like one extreme to the other, I think is what I guess, I guess what I'm saying is that like, I mean, how do you, how do you manage that? 
I don't know if necessarily the typical dry January participant would be like a heavy binge drinker and then just completely going cold turkey. Um, it's going to be an adjustment for anyone uh, if they're used to drinking um, because you're, I mean, I'm not like a mental health professional, but I've been around it enough. Um, you know, yeah. for whatever reason you are drinking, you are kind of numbing out a little bit. So you're going to feel your feelings. Yeah. whether they're good or bad or somewhere in the middle. Um, yeah, I just, I think it's, it's one month. And if someone has trouble doing this for one month, like real trouble, not just like, Oh man, this sucks. Like right. I can't do this. I can't go two days in a row without drinking. Then that shows you that they might have an issue with alcohol that, um, could be addressed. But again, I'm not here to diagnose anyone. All I knew is that for me, I couldn't drink safely. I couldn't know if I was going out with friends and would end up in a hospital that night or end up at home. And right. that is a huge warning sign to anyone yes. that like, if you don't know how you're actually going to make it into your bed that night, because anything could happen, that's probably a reason to reevaluate your relationship with, with booze. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I think that's important to like, I mean, the fact that you were able to like realize that at, at you know, your age, when you're in your early mid twenties there, like is, is, is tough. Cause I think that's kind of like the, I don't know, like growing up and going to college and, and, you know, early twenties, you're kind of like, Oh, we're going to get drunk tonight. Who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. And, uh, and there's like this acceptance, like that's like the norm and, yeah. and really like, you know, it, it shouldn't be. <laughs> right. Well, I didn't know that there were a lot of people at, at, in college at the time that I was in college that didn't drink or didn't drink much. I just, I'm not blaming people that I was with, but I happened to fall into a heavy drinking crowd. And so yeah. my actions didn't stand out as much. Um, but after college graduation, it was starting to get like starkly noticeable that the things that I was doing um, had gotten worse. And some of my friends who were becoming young professionals, just like me, um, we're kind of toning down a little bit or like pulling back from hardcore drinking. And I was just getting worse. Um, but yeah, in college, it's, it's hard to tell because there is this normalized acceptance of binge drinking beyond, you know, beyond anything that could be considered healthy. Right. And, and bodies are still growing and brains are still developing. Um, so this took a weird turn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. I, th I think, I think you're right. Especially with like the, uh, cause it, it does affect the hormones. It does affect, you know, your, your mood and, and it's, you know, people start to, they tend to use it as a crutch in, in college, you know, whether it's because of anxiety, depression, um, stress, and, and people, yeah, exactly. People <laughs> just want to get drunk. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and as a result, you, you end up in that position there. And I think that's something that I've, I've, you know, personally, uh, experiences, you know, going through seven years of college, um, you know, with being on a, uh, sports team in college and then, you know, in grad school. And so there's, there's a lot of stress and there's a lot of like pressure to, to drink. Yeah. And, uh, and then you, you kind of get out into the real world and then you're like, well, this isn't normal. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, you know, what we did in college is not what you're supposed to be doing. And, uh, and, and it's kind of like, you have to kind of like take a step back and realize like, this is, uh, you know, th this needs to be reevaluated because it, it yeah. can definitely progress to, you know, definitely some more unhealthy behaviors and kind of that cycle you were talking about of just yeah, downward spiraling. 
But what I think could be really great for people who do still drink um, in terms of non-alcoholic beverages, it's not just to get people to be sober forever. And that's not my, that's not my intention. Uh, Booze Free in DC is really for anyone who wants to discover health and wellness and especially zero proof beverages, but it's not to like get you sober for the rest of your life. What I think is a really cool opportunity is to, um, when you're introducing these beverages to people, like switching off, having a, an actual beer and then having a non-alcoholic beer. Or I never even like, thought about that. You know, uh, like yeah. a glass of wine, having not, or Liars, uh, this this brand that I've been mentioning before, they're they're actually Australian and they- Big made, Liars fans. We're going to get Liars <laughs> yeah, to send I have, us I have some, big liars some stuff. Fan. Uh, they've made a, a huge, huge inroads into the, the US market in 2020, uh-huh. but- their mission isn't to get you sober. Their mission is to um, introduce a non-alcoholic spirit to people that you can have even to make your drinks maybe less strong. Like you can mix it with alcohol, but you don't have to have as much alcohol as you might normally. So if you're making something with rum, yeah, you can have something with like actual rum and then have like some of their, like they call it their white cane spirit. Like you can you know, make half as strong drinks. You can make full drinks. You can make zero proof drinks. It's, it's just all about having options. And I think that's yep. the biggest thing with this whole movement is not to get people to be uh, teetotalers and prohibitionists, but it's to get people to understand that everyone deserves options and everyone deserves the opportunity to, to socialize without feeling like, you know, by not ingesting a toxin to just like parse it down to what it is. Right, right, right. People might hate me for that, but by not ingesting that, people are looked at as they're abnormal. Like I'm not drinking alcohol and I'm abnormal, you know, but. Right. Yeah. Why should that be the case? Like if you're drinking alcohol, I'm not going to say you're a weirdo. You're just drinking alcohol. You're poisoning yourself. (laughs) I mean, everyone should be able to, to safely do what they want to do to socialize. But again, like I have Absolutely. To, what, ad- what advice would you give to someone whose friend is looking to, you know, is sober curious? Ooh, that's a good one. I mean, I know, I know you said that, you know, yeah. you struggled, you know, with your friend group when you were going through this period, what, you know, what's something that maybe you wish your, your friends had said to you or done um, that would have, you know, helped through that period? Well, I, I will say I did have a couple of close friends who stuck by me and supported me and are still my friends today. Um, so this is for those those other people. First yes. of all, there really weren't that many books, podcasts, websites, blogs, whatever available as resources. There are so many now and they're, they're just educating people, educating yourself, educating others. Um, so I would start with the book, Sober Curious by Ruby Warrington. That is really phenomenal. Um, and then I would also just have friends be open to maybe having, again, this is like outside of that COVID world that we're talking about, but like, if you're having a barbecue or you're having friends over for a party to have non-alcoholic options there as well, that aren't just juice or water. (laughs) <laughs> or Coke, you know, like yeah. not everyone likes Coke or Diet Coke, um, getting creative. Um, and I think there's just, there's a lot of possibilities for people who are sober curious and for their, for their friends and family. Um, 
as someone who is into uh, exercise and food, just kind of changing up routines are, you know, are something that I would suggest um, going outside as much as possible. Um, maybe doing something different than if your first reaction is to just, you know, want to have a beer when you're watching a sports game, grab a non-alcoholic beer or like do crunches or something instead, <laughs> like change up your, <laughs> change up your routine, even if it's just like a slight, a slight change. Um, and I'm guilty of some habits that I'm not always proud of. Like I like peanut butter M&Ms. I'm sorry, but I do. <laughs> I'm a fan of those. I like those. And, um, you know, I've, I've actually been, um, not as a punishment, but as like a celebration for myself, like exercising five to six days a week since the pandemic started. And, um, I feel good, but I'm uh -huh. also eating a lot. So it's like, I still have a net loss, <laughs> right, right. Which is good. Not as which big is... As it, you know, certainly not as big as it could be, but I think people should. And, and what I'm, what I mean by this strange story is to be gentle with yourself, no matter what you're doing. Um, because especially during this pandemic, um, just be gentle with yourself. Like you can't <laughs> do everything. You can't quit drinking and become like a marathoner and eat like paleo all in the same day. Like just take it literally like a day at a time and uh, do what you can do to, to get healthier for yourself and for your you know, your extended community. Yeah. Cause I, I think it's, um, definitely a battle for, for people who, you know, who, who have been sober, you know, going through these last 10 months without, you know, the typical interaction and they're left to, you know, in their apartment by themselves or, or, you know, wherever the situation might be. And, and they have to, you know, kind of take it one day at a time to, to really get through, you know, through this. Uh, and I, I can only imagine how tough that's been. But it's on the opposite side of the spectrum too. Like people are drinking more than they were uh, before the pandemic. Mental health issues are being exacerbated. Um, there's just a lot more isolation in general. Yeah. And, um, and even if people like have relationships and, you know, live with their partners, some of those relationships are kind of getting a lot of um, pressure just because you're, you're with your partner all the time. So oh, yeah. Um, I think this time, and again, I'm not quite sure how I took it in this direction, but this time, like, I, I think people should just honestly give themselves some grace. Like it's, it's, it's an unprecedented time. We've just never been through anything like this. And mm -hmm. even if you're taking a couple of like baby steps toward health and wellness, that's certainly better than nothing. Right. Talk, talk a little bit about your um, fitness journey that you've, you've been on since the pandemic has started. Yeah. So, um, when it was a little warmer, I was doing a lot of walks and what I call walks, like half walking, half jogging, um, mm -hmm. outside, but I do the majority of my exercises in my apartment and I do a lot of dance fitness workouts. Cool. Um, I started to get back into strength training, but it's difficult without access to heavier weights. I have like a 10 pound dumbbell set and a five pound dumbbell set. And um, oh, there's plenty to do with those. And like an, a resistance band too. And mm -hmm. I've been doing a lot of body weight exercises. Um, so I can feel like my muscles are starting to strengthen up a bit, but I love, I love like dance fitness. I've done um, daybreaker events. Yeah. Have you heard daybreaker. I've, I've, I've heard daybreaker. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've, I've I, wanted I, to go, and I know obviously for the past year there hasn't been any daybreaker events. That's not true. Well, not I'm sorry, in person. not in person. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, but there have been so many live events and uh, um, okay. like online. Again, it's a little weird if you think about it. You're just dancing in your apartment by yourself, but. Um, it's been really fun. And I've, I've connected with some of that community. Um, and that's also like a crazy good workout. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just connecting. I, I haven't done as much yoga as I, as I'd like to, but mm-hmm. again, I'm not trying to shame myself for what I haven't done and just kind of celebrate that I have. Cause I could have gone in a very different direction. I could have just eaten and not exercised and felt even worse about myself. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I've seen, you know, with our, with our clients, you know, in terms of, you know, they're at home and they don't have access to a gym. They don't have access to, you know, good food. They don't have access to, you know, you know, other people around them. And, and, you know, sometimes, you know, our, our session is like one of the few times a week that they're talking to people, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so. Gotta make it interesting. <laughs> exactly. Gotta make it worth their time. Right. Uh, and, and so, you know, whether it's, they're coming in here or we're still doing it virtually, which, you know, we have, you know, both capabilities, um, you know, people kind of rely on that because yeah, they don't get that interaction elsewhere, which I think, um, is just, you know, it's just a kind of a, a sign of the times at the moment here. Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. um, I know we talked about your favorite, co- uh, types of, um, booze free spirits. Where are your, where are your favorite mocktails in DC here? Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to educate you real quick and tell you that, um, we like to call them zero proof cocktails. Oh, not mocktails. Sorry. No, no, it's, and it's just my personal preference because mocktails sounds like something off the kitty menu. And it's like, you're mocking a cocktail. Zero proof cocktail. Fair enough. Okay. Um, I would start, I would start with Columbia room. Um, okay. Right now they're, they're doing their, like their sandwich shop. Called yes. Your love Pink the sandwiches. Um, and the sandwich shop has a couple of zero proof options there as well. Um, Again, like I have a bunch that I've listed on my, I did like a COVID-19 guide um, to booze free in DC. And so I don't remember everything off the top of my head, but um, you know what? I'll have to send this to you later and you can, you can post it for, for listeners. But um, I haven't been doing a whole lot of like takeout of drinks because Right. Make them at home when you have a kick-ass bar cart. <laughs> right. But, um, there are a lot of places that are doing, um, at, you know, like a zero proof option, um, in DC, in Maryland, in Virginia. Um, there's a place in my neighborhood. It's called summer house, Santa Monica. They've yeah. got a couple of options on their menu. Um, there, there's a place in Baltimore called Topside. It's um, at the Hotel Revival. Mm-hmm. And actually the bartender there was one of the mixologists for the Dry January um, event last night. And huh. she has like five or six different drinks that are on the, the menu full time, which is really great because Baltimore is another town that is known for being heavy drinking town. Gotcha. Um, there, are, there are some, there are a good handful of places. And then there's also a good handful of, of local drinks, like ready to drink beverage, ready to drink options. Um, right. Right. So I'm always into supporting local. Um, but off the top of my head, I don't remember every, <laughs> every place. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
All right, so we're getting down to the end of it here. So I want to ask yeah. you a few more personal questions. Oh God! Uh, okay. No, don't worry. These, these are these are the easy ones. Really? Um, what's the uh, What's the last book you read? Mm, um, I'm embarrassed to say <laughs> that I haven't been reading as much as I like to, but um, I'm almost done with it. And the last book that I almost finished is called Mindset by Carol Dweck. Dweck. Okay. Uh, and then the last fiction book that I read, I believe was um, Daisy Jones and the Six. Okay. Um, what's, the, uh, what's the last show you watched on, uh, on your Netflix? Hulu for, for Hulu. this particular one. And that was Superstore. Superstore. Okay. That's that, uh, was that on NBC, I think? Yeah. It's, a bit, it's like a big box store. Um, I mean, I've, I've gone through so many shows on Netflix. Prime. It- it's pretty Everything. crazy. Like I, I wish I had started a list like back in like the beginning of lockdown of like all yeah. the shows that I've, I've watched in the last 10 months. I've seen a lot of TV. Um, I did see Bridgerton recently. Oh yes. I, heard that I was enjoyed. Good. Um, and I saw the queen's gambit when that was like brand new yep. and um, just about everything, honestly. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, that's, that's how I feel. Like we're like flipping through like the different, um, services and we're like what do we watch what do we do yeah we're we're we've gotten down to the point now where we're watching love island on hulu so that's that's where we're at right now got it yeah the australian version it's great okay well you you know what whatever floats your boat but um yeah i know you're still you're in your like your questions but i don't want to forget the the other thing that i've been doing that has been super super fun and helpful since the pandemic started is weekly karaoke night virtually <laughs> ah. through district karaoke which is a local karaoke oh, cool. group awesome. um but because it's you know there are no real borders right now we have people coming in from la people coming in from brazil oh, wow. um, from all over uh but it's like a it's a core like baltimore dc group and tonight is thursday so i'm gonna be singing tonight oh all right what what's your goal well, here we go this is a good question what's your go-to karaoke song I have many, but like if someone said, go sing now, and especially if there weren't lyrics available, Oh Darling by the Beatles. Ah, okay. Nice. Nice. Mine is probably Piano Man. Okay. Yeah. Being a, I'm a native Long Islander, so uh, Billy Joel that accent. Runs, runs through my veins. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, Piano Man, I think is my go-to. Vanilla Ice is a good one too. Um, I can respect that. It's good for karaoke. Yeah, it's good for karaoke or or anything with the Backstreet Boys. (laughs) I want it that way. That is like the prime Backstreet Boys song. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, All right. Last question I got for you here. Um, What's one thing people should experience here in D.C.? One, one experience people should have here in DC and don't say like the mall or anything like that. Like, like, give me something of substance here. Okay. Throwing shade at my, I'm a big museum person. So fine. Um, well, okay. I'm a huge music fan, huge. And I miss live music so much. Same. Um, you know, I think that Every live music fan should go to 930 Club, Black Cat. I've never been to Anthem before. But my absolute favorite venue, like real DC music people will know it, but maybe not everyone knows it's the Rock and Roll Hotel. Yes, RIP, but yes. Wait, what? 
the rock it, it it closed that was pre-covid it closed it, it closed pre-covid i'm sorry i'm sorry to to be doing this on the air here what <laughs> no what no i saw some of the best shows of my life there oh uh, i've had some good times there yeah oh uh, i'm sorry it's okay oh oh man okay yeah, I would I would suggest like a lot of the local music venues and I mean, yeah, Kennedy Center is great, but it's not necessarily my first choice. Um, right. Yeah, I, I have, I've been here in D.C. five years. I've never made it to the Kennedy Center. OK, well, I've been once in my almost 16 years. Um, the Arboretum. Oh, yeah. Doesn't get enough love. Um, I love that place. I went there for the first time over the summer or was, that, or was it back in the fall? And it was great. It was, it was beautiful. That was, yeah. I was like, how is this like, I, like this is like the hidden little like, yeah. spot in DC. But there are a no bunch of other little gardens um, in, in Wheaton. There's, um, oh man, what is it called? It's not Meadowlark. I think that's in Virginia. That's Virginia. Got, yeah. There's, there are a lot of different like local gardens and nature parks that uh, not a, not a ton of people might know about. And mm-hmm. so, I suggest those. Um, there's a great food scene, um, but like, yeah, I would say if I if I had to choose something that's like super DC but not super like obvious would be some of the really cool music venues. Music venue, I like it. It's something that's DC but not Washington. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Nice. All right, Laura. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Um, if people want to connect with you, where can they find you? And thank you for having me. Um, there are a multitude of ways, but I think the easiest thing would be to find me on Instagram at boozefreeindc or at wearesober. That's my that's my personal account. Um, and boozefreeindc.com. Uh, enjoy. Find whatever you you know you want to find there. You can get a free recipe book if you sign up for my newsletter. And I only I only send people things sporadically. Um, so you don't have to worry about me spamming your inbox. Um, but yeah, there's a free recipe book from, uh, lots of really cool DC denizens who, who've made contributions to the book. And awesome. It's, it's free. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to sign up for that for sure. Absolutely. Uh, Laura, thanks for coming on the show and I'm thanks sure we'll be talking you. soon. All right. Excellent. Thank you so much for listening to move the district today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Big League Performance Rehab and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free, head over to BigLeaguePerformanceAndRehab.com to learn more. Thanks, and until next time, keep moving, DC.